Yes, a different environment. I'm down in the West Country and many of you may have elderly parents and people you have to look after and see, so you know what I'm going through, but life and technology moves on. Now, regular viewers and listeners might appreciate just why I've switched over to the diminutive and slender Sony Xperia 5 Mark II here as a primary phone. It's just that so much else arriving for review is well on the large side. For starters, my trusty and huge iPhone 12 Pro Max shooting this show. And the previous phone show had me reviewing the positively enormous Nokia XR20. The one before that had the Sony Xperia 1 Mark III, which isn't exactly small. And here, here we have the latest from Xiaomi, the Mi 11 Ultra, a couple of months ago, but I've got my hands on it now. It's tall and heavier even than the 12 Pro Max, plus it's thicker too. And that's without the enormous camera island, which almost doubles the thickness of the phone again. Why so large? Because this is a spec monster. I'll come to what's in the camera island shortly, but for the main body, we have a 6.8 inch QHD AMOLED HDR10 plus display. Phew. 12 gigabytes of RAM, 256 gig of storage. There's also a half terabyte option. And now add in everything else you might imagine in a genuine flagship. Snapdragon 8885 5G stereo speakers, loud and tuned by Harman Kardon, apparently. Let's give you a demo. So full volume, Joe Bonamassa and John Hyatt. <laughs> It's very loud, very clear, maybe not so much bass as the iPhone, which tends to do its own software tricks, but pretty darn decent. IP water and dust resistant, of course, 67 watt wired and 67 watt wireless charging. Of course, you'd need a cheapad capable of supplying the oomph for that, and I don't have one just yet, but you can get close with the 65 watt Type-C chargers that are available now. So talk about future-proofing. In short, it's an awful lot of tech and the size of the camera island, including this secondary AMOLED display of its own, should give you a clue that this is something special in the camera department. Central to this is a giant 1 over 1.2 inch optical format sensor, larger even than 2012's mighty Nokia 808 PureView, which is 1 over 1.2 inch. And this time with even more megapixels, 50 of them, pixel binned, OIS, goodness knows how they do it on such a large lens, dual pixel autofocus and immense processing power for stacking frames and exposures where needed. This is state of the art in phone imaging specs and Xiaomi knows it, allowing its excellent image processing algorithms to keep as much detail as possible with low JPEG compression. Who cares if snaps are eight megabytes each when you have so much storage in the phone? There's a periscope telephoto at five times, also stabilised, also quad Bayer, and this does well. Perfect for reaching out optically to wildlife and the world generally. See the samples here. Ten times is still super quality and good light, and even 20 times isn't too terrible if you don't look too closely. Really impressive, even topping the mighty Galaxy S21 Ultra for zoom, I reckon. Though for most daily purposes, two times and three times is the sweet spot for subjects in your life. Which is where things get interesting, since digital zoom from most quad bear systems is normally complete trash. And here it's, well, it's not. What's happening, from what I can tell, is that just like Google does with zoom on its pixels, multiple exposures are taken. And then when zooming, the tiny differences in framing due to your hand 
not being completely still are used to infer data between physical quad Bayer superpixels, effectively giving what Google calls super res zoom and what Xiaomi doesn't actually mention, but I think it's doing it. What all this means is that zoom shots on the main sensor are halfway decent, right up to four times, surprisingly. There's a small drop off in quality up to 4.9 times until the five times periscope kicks in. So not quite a zoom continuum, but not far off. This super res zoom system works best in daylight, as you might imagine, and doesn't cope well with moving subjects. So you do have to be aware of a few limitations compared to a physical three times, say, telephoto. Plus another quad bay, yet another one, 48 megapixels in the ultra wide, with focusing down to about an inch, so almost a macro camera if needed. But what about that second screen on the back? In truth, its main use is as a clock when the Mi 11 Ultra is placed face down on a surface. This is its default behaviour. Though you can also toggle it on manually, as here, when the camera is open, to act as a viewfinder of sorts, so that whoever's being shot can see how they're being framed. So perhaps if you've asked a friend to snap you and you want to just check they've got it right, but would you trust them with your £1,200 Xiaomi Superphone in the first place? In terms of software, it's MIUI 12.5 on Android 11 and lightning fast as you'd expect. The review device had the EU ROM from Xiaomi Loaded and this is fully Play Store compatible. It doesn't come preloaded with any other Google applications, so you kind of have to dive in and install Gmail, Google Drive, Google Maps and so on. It's not an issue though. MIUI does look a little strange at first, but you can add an app drawer and tame most oddities to look and feel like your normal Android home screen loadout. It's Android after all, so you can do whatever you want with it, including changing the launcher. As to updates, it's an official Xiaomi ROM, so it will get them, but if you're after really long-term support, I think you should look at the upcoming Google Pixel 6 range. The 6 Pro will be similar to the Mi 11 Ultra in ambition, I think, if not in absolute in your imaging zoom reach. Access is via an optical underscreen fingerprint sensor, and it works, well, 90% of the time. Not as forget about it intuitive as the iPhone's face ID, but then this finger system doesn't get fooled when you're going to a shop and wearing a COVID mask and trying to pay for something. So pros and cons either way. Trying to decide which is better, the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra here or the iPhone 12 Pro Max, very similar prices, similar ambitions. It's an unfair question though. It's like trying to decide your favorite superhero, Iron Man or Spider-Man, uh, Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel. Insert your own cultural debating point here. They're both stunning bits of hardware, which in the right hands can do everything you need. Personally, I'd place my bets on the iPhone for really long-term software support, but the fact that they're both £1,200 means you are getting top quality components right throughout, top-notch and no compromises. No compromises? Well, okay, neither have card expansion or a 3.5mm audio jack, but don't get me started on modern trends there. I love my time with the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra and only really had one complaint. And it's the exact same complaint as with the Nokia XR20. This is a monster, physical monster. So can we please have a mini version? Ditch the second screen, shrink the body by 20%, then knock out the results at 800, 900 pounds in the UK. Yes, there's the Mi 11, but the same size. Cut down imaging at 700 pounds or so. I reviewed this back in Phone Show 418. And the Mi 11 Lite at under 300 pounds, slightly smaller, and cut down everything. But I'm asking for a Mi 11 Ultra 5G Mini, which is a crazy long name, so perhaps the naming police would block it anyway. Anyway, the Mi 11 Ultra, 
lots to like.